Hey, it's the Andy Social Podcast, episode 207. It's another crazy talk episode with your mate, me. Hello, how you doing? Uh, Sunday night here. What is the date? The 7th or 8th? No, 8th of March 2020. And uh, what's been happening? Well, heaps of things globally. Jeez, uh, let's be newsreader Andy. Uh, the coronavirus is going gangbusters, that's not even the right word, but it's going crazy uh, around the world and everybody's uh, getting swept up in the fever of it all, uh, to excuse the poor choice of words. But um, I'll tell you what, uh, not to really uh, continue on with the whole toilet paper discussion here, because that seems to be the only thing that anyone's talking about on social media at the moment, but um, it's getting to the point now where even me, when I'm watching everybody else duke it out in these supermarkets and make an absolute fool of themselves, that I originally sat back and thought, well, I'm cool, like I'm not going to go and be one of these people. But uh, today we went down to Coles to go and buy some toilet paper and uh, there's fucking none. So now I'm one of those people that is trying to get toilet paper because I just need to wipe my ass. And But now I'm part of the herd that's trying to get toilet paper. So I just instantly feel guilty when I'm walking down the toilet paper aisle and trying to find some bog roll. So uh, don't know what's happening there. Uh, maybe tomorrow morning when I go for my walk, I'll try and get into Coles first thing in the morning and grab a little packet of toilet paper and try not to look uh, too dramatic because uh, there's a lot of people walking around with uh, big trolleys and uh, arms carrying uh, rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper. And so, um, yeah, it pff, fuck. Uh, anyway, uh, there's enough commentary online about uh, this whole debacle, but um, it is what it is. So we'll just uh, keep moving forward. But I always say, and I've been saying this for a while, if you uh, had shit on your hands and uh, you had to clean your hands, um, you wouldn't get a piece of paper or uh, soft tissue paper and just wipe it off and get on with your day. You would go and wash your hands. So the fact that we even still use toilet paper to wipe our asses is um, pretty incredible, really, because we're all walking around with dirty assholes. So the uh, the really hygienic people out there are using bidets um, and splashing a bit of water up their ass, and uh, maybe that's the way to go. You know, the Japanese are just sitting over over in Japan just laughing at us going, you dumb fucks, like, uh, you know, maybe this is the time. So I think, uh, speaking of time, I think it might be time for me to invest in some bidet shares of some sort. I'll go and invest in Toto. Any uh, people that have been to Japan before, Toto toilets are the bomb. So, uh yeah, maybe I need to invest uh, in that company because that could be uh, the uh, point of going in a different direction for Western society is to get rid of uh, wiping paper and smearing shit around your asshole and actually uh, using some more cleansing uh, hygienic options. So anyway, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, one thing I have noticed with this whole coronavirus thing is that things are getting cancelled left, right and centre. Uh, there's already been, I think, Lacuna Coil for Download Festival cancelled there. Uh, their appearance at Download, that's, uh, I think they've been replaced by the Bronx now. So um, that seems to be continuing on, but I'm a little bit, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Download. I've got a feeling this is not the end. I think there's going to be something else big happening with this festival, but um, it's only a couple of weeks away, so fingers crossed. If it's gonna, if anything bad's going to happen, it should be happening now, not yeah, within the next two weeks. So, um, but, uh, I've noticed in Southeast Asia, a lot of tours are being canceled. So, um, after white white snake and scorpions, uh, departed Australia, they went to Indonesia, they played Indonesia, they played Singapore, and then they canceled their Japan leg and went home. And, um, I know Slipknot canceled their entire Southeast Asian and Japan tour, um, which 
pretty much crushed um, <laughs> probably the economy in Southeast Asia, given how many people they pulled to shows. But I know the Hamasonic Festival got postponed to January 2021, so January next year. Um, that's in Jakarta, Indonesia, and Slipknot was one of the headliners there. Um, I think there oh, there was Not Fest in Japan, so I, I, th- I think that's being cancelled, I assume. I don't know. I, I just saw that Slipknot cancelled, but I assume that the whole festival is being cancelled. Um, and I think there's more to come. I, I know, the, I think, uh, who was it? There was a, there's another band that cancelled their European tour, an American band. Uh, is it Sons of Apollo? Is that is that the name? Anyway, um, with uh, Jeff Scott Soto and Billy Sheenan and Mike Portnoy and all that, um, they cancelled, is, is the other guy a Buckethead? Um whatever his name is. Anyway, whatever. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, they canceled their European tour. I'm pretty sure it was them. Um, just because of not, not so much the virus itself or the risk of it, but the logistical nightmares around it where getting stuck in airports or, um, governments in, in respective countries, just shutting down access to venues and, and just basically just stopping everything. So physically not being able to tour, not just a, a preference to go, Oh, Hey, I'm a little bit worried about this, this flu. Um, it's like, I, we physically can't do it and it's not going to make sense. We're going to lose a lot of money. So bands are starting to look at it from that point of view going, it's just not worth touring. So um, I reckon, guys, like, you know, get ready. I think there's going to be a lot more cancellations out there. A lot more tours are going to be uh, postponed or cancelled indefinitely, and uh, it's going to shake things up big time. So very interesting to see what happens uh, globally. And I, I, I don't think people really understand what, what potentially is going to come out of this. And a lot of this is coming out of sheer panic. So, you know, all you fucking dropkick fucking fucking morons that are going out there and raiding, you know, uh, supermarkets for toilet paper and things like that. You're just feeding the panic. And it's just absolutely incredible to watch how people are reacting so poorly um, at the beginning of this. uh, I'm trying to give a word that's not crisis because it's not, it's turning into a crisis because of the human behavior, not the actual flu itself. So imagine if we had a real problem, like a real, real problem. I mean, imagine, I don't know, like nuclear warfare, like something like catastrophic, you know, meteorites like smashing into the earth and uh, the apocalypse, you know, whatever it might be. And we're, we're already panicking like it's the end of the world now. And it's just, oh, man, it's just, it's scary, scary stuff. So the economy is going to be down. Um, it's, uh, I think these are the times where many, many people get rich. Um, so keep your eyes out. Maybe there's some opportunities out there to make some money and do it the right way, by the way. Don't, uh, don't take advantage of others. But, um, yeah, whenever the, the market's down, there's, there's always, there's always room to, uh, to see some opportunities. So keep a, keep a lookout because, um, yeah, it's a very unique time in the world at the moment. And I don't think things are going to pick up anytime soon. So we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of cancellations, melodic rock fest, a bunch of fucking morons uh, just uh, completely asked their, that whole festival down there. So if people don't know, um, Melodic Rock, um, uh, the guy behind that, um, uh, he has had this amazing website which turned into and was a like a webzine sort of thing and had um, you know always sort of showcased a lot of Melodic Rock and AOR uh, bands from around the world, old school bands from like the the 80s um, and rejuvenating their careers, but also modern melodic rock bands from around the world. And he was really championing, uh, this, this genre of music, this, uh, that had often been neglected, especially after, 
uh, you know, grunge and alternative rock came in. Um, a lot of these bands sort of got forgotten. It was a little bit of a dated sound, but um, there's so many amazing bands globally, and I'm, I'm a massive melodic rock fan in general. Um, but the the website and the blog and everything that he had, I think it was a review sort of website, uh, manifested into um, a, a tour, like not a tour, but a, a festival that happened every year, and I think it always happened in Chicago, I think. I don't know whether he did one uh, in Europe as well. I can't remember, but um, people would travel all across, like from, from every corner of the globe uh, to these festivals. And finally, after years and years of doing it, they finally decided, well, we want to do one in Australia. But the guy behind Melodic Rock sold Melodic Rock Fest, the the branding, the name to these guys in Melbourne. And um, and I th- with a bit of the, the original guy's blessing and a bit of help, you know, trying to get some contacts because this guy's got, he's got a great reputation in the melodic rock world. And so I think through that was able to uh, get a lot of great bands on board uh, for what would be the the debut of Melodic Rock Fest in Australia, which would hopefully be the start of many, many years to come building up this fest. So um, the festival was uh, meant to be a three-day thing um, in Melbourne um, and have some of the best melodic rock bands in the world headlining coming from all over the world. And um, it, right from right from the start, I mean, I, I was really keen. I was talking to uh, my mate Tonchi up in Brisbane. We're going to go down and, and make a weekend of it and spend spend a fair bit of money um, and just really get get amongst the AOR and melodic rock vibe that was happening, going to be happening down there. And um, just really early in the piece there was already some red flags where they couldn't lock down a venue or they weren't they weren't giving any details about the venue they're just giving dates and then they sort of admitted in a couple of posts that they hadn't secured a venue yet and they're still negotiating with a few different venues and it's like well I'm pretty sure you meant to lock this stuff down first like work it out first and then I think they started to announce some bands but then um, that took a long time and then they they held off on announcing the headliners for months and months and months and but it, the way that they communicated with people was really wishy-washy and vague, and it was just—it it wasn't like this strategic sort of campaign to to drip feed and and draw out the excitement and build it up that anticipation. It was just this very disjointed way of communicating with everybody that really just showed that they were they were struggling along the way, um, and that that raised a few red flags. But when it really sort of started to go a, a bit pear-shaped, at least for me personally, is when they finally announced the venue, which um, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think it was like the National Theatre or something like that in St Kilda, um, which is this beautiful theatre, uh, but it's completely seated. So I imagine um, going to the theatre or something like that with the really old school seats, very close together, row after row after row. Um, and this is meant to be a three day rock fest. And I'm like, can you imagine just sitting here in these seats and then trying to, you know, you know, when you go to the cinema and you go and watch a movie and you're trying to get up to go for a piss halfway through the movie and you have to get people to stand up as you're trying to sift, like shift through, you know, the, the crowd and people have, they've got popcorn and drinks and everything like that. And it's such a, such an inconvenience. Well, that's pretty much the same vibe that this festival is going to be. And I made a comment, something like, oh, like, really, this is not good. This is meant to be, this is not like, you know, some grandpa, you know, festival where a bunch of old people sit around in, in, you know, with their walking sticks and wheelchairs and sit down and go, oh, jolly, jolly good show, you know? And this is, this is not good. Like who's going to sit on their ass for, for three days and then try and, you know, navigate a crowd and get in and out and go to the bar, et cetera, et cetera. And, 
um, I'm pretty sure that the guys like responded to me, but they were responding to a few other people and the, the tone of their responses was more or less, if you don't like it, don't come. And I thought, oh man, that's, that's, that's not professional, you know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. And they copped a lot of backlash just from the venue choice and but it became a very victim-based thing where it's like, you know, we had no other choice. This is all we could get, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know, like, are we meant to be the charity now? Like, you know, to like, like, are, no, sorry, are you guys the charity? Are we meant to be donating to your charity to make you, you know, make it happen? So it was this really weird thing and it was very victimized and, and guilt tripping the fans, uh, the punters who wanted to support the festival. And it was just at that point I thought, oh, I don't know now. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll wait for some of these bands to do sideshows. And um, if they do, if they do, because at the point in time, uh, I think it was pitched as all these bands were coming into Melbourne and only playing Melbourne and then leaving. Um, so I was really on the fence about it because I really wanted to see some of the bands. In particular, the band that I wanted to see was FM, um, this British uh, AOR band uh, that had a bit of a heyday in the late 80s, a couple of you know small hits, uh, but really sort of popular in that AOR underground world. And for me, like a band that I would absolutely love to see and never thought I'd ever get to see them unless I was, you know, in the UK or in Europe somewhere and they're playing a festival. Um, and so for them to come to Australia, I'm like, oh man, this is, this is a real, real great band to see. And so I was waiting for sideshows and then they started to drip feed a few sideshows. So I started to get a little bit excited about it. And FM luckily, um, announced, uh, an additional Melbourne show, but also Sydney and Brisbane. And I thought, bam, I'm now my decision is nice and clear. I'm just going to go to the FM show in Sydney and that's it. And then Kip Winger, I think announced his side shows. And so I thought, well, Kip Winger will be another good one. So I'll see him as well. And, um, and there was a bunch of other bands doing sideshows, but I mean, none of the other bands were really sort of overly sort of impressive for me. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Scandinavian, um, modern sort of, I wouldn't even call it AOR, but it's like this melodic rock stuff. And there's a bit of a sleazy sort of 80s sleaze glam vibe to them. Um, our bands like, uh, who is it? Reckless Love and Crazy Licks and, um, fuck, um... I was in a, there's a few others and they're good, but they're just like, just for, for whatever reason, just doesn't hit the spot for me. So there's a bunch of those bands on the bill. Um, there was also Eclipse. I think they're from Sweden. They're not too bad. I don't mind them. Um, but, uh, and Firehouse was uh, headlining um, the whole show, which were like one of the last um, bands to be announced, one of the last headliners. And the way that they said, the way that they, they, they announced it or they leading up to the announcement was that basically they went for a whole bunch of other bands and they all pulled out or all couldn't get it over the line. And so it was almost like, well, we, we managed to grab Firehouse and it was almost like they just, they totally anti-climaxed the whole thing for the punters because they were way too, I'm, I'm all for transparency, but it was just, it was, it was beyond being transparent. It was just like this whole woe is me vibe and uh, everybody that was, you know, waiting for the updates was they were already let down before the announcement came. So it was just this weird thing. And luckily for me, I've seen firehouse, uh, in Singapore a few years ago and like absolutely amazing band, like really, really good live, um, can absolutely smash it. Great, great, great show. Um, but because I'd seen them already, it, that wasn't the clincher and they were only playing Melbourne. So I thought that it's, it's cool. It's, it's a great addition, but, um, it's not enough to get me to Melbourne. So, um, so that was that. And I sort of left, left to go and just waited uh, a little bit closer to grab some tickets for FM and, and Kip Winger in, in Sydney. But, um, about a week or two ago, well, say a couple of weeks ago, bands started to cancel <laughs> and, and it was all a similar, uh, 
you know, press release or statement that was coming out from each of the bands where it was like, uh, you know, um, had to pull out because of uh, con- contractual agreements not being fulfilled with the promoter. Uh, and not a lot of detail into it, but um, they're all pretty much a similar sort of thing. And uh, and it became almost a snowball. More and more bands started to uh, cancel and nothing from the promoters whatsoever, like no announcements that basically the fans were working it out from the bands on the festival from their posts and then posting on Facebook onto the the festival page going, what's going on? And the promoter's not doing anything, at least not articulating anything or or acknowledging it or anything like that. And so straight away, you, you're losing people's trust instantly. All they need to do is put a quick acknowledgement. Hey, we're looking into it. We're trying to work it out. Um, stay tuned and just do a few of those posts just to keep people you know, connected and, and knowing that, you know, they're being acknowledged, but not nothing. And then when they did post, it was this really disjointed, distracted sort of post that had nothing to do or just not acknowledging the, the, the building crisis that was happening. And, uh, it was, look, I, I must say incredibly entertaining, uh, to, to watch it, um, just fester the way that it did and just blow up into this absolute train wreck. It's absolute debacle. Um, because if you want to, if you want to get a lesson of how, not to hold yourself or handle yourself in a public forum, especially if you're dealing with basically it's customer service. Uh, and it was just every, everything to not do in, in the world of customer service, these guys did. It was just, it was just error after error after error. It was just this hole that they continued to dig. And then there was a few posts where they started to blame poor ticket sales, which was the worst thing to do because basically you're shifting the blame onto the punters. It was their fault that the whole thing fell apart. And, and, and naturally the reaction was absolutely horrific. Like people just went after them, after the throat to say, how dare you, you know? And, um, I, I kind of kept quiet for, for most of it. I'm, I usually like to get amongst these things and, and, you know, throw my two cents worth and, and duke it out. But, um, I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, just gonna follow along and read the post. And a lot of other people were doing the same, but, um, when FM finally canceled, uh, that's when I just went, nah, this sucks because what happened was, I think it was on Friday or something like that. It was like the day or a day or two before the festival was meant to kick off. And um, they pulled out and they made this long post basically saying that the sideshows were cancelled without them even knowing. The the, the venues cancelled them. No the promoter didn't even contact them. They just saw that the, the sideshows all got cancelled and the um, the responses that we'll get from the promoter were really vague, no information, no communication whatsoever. And they were coming from the US and it was just way too much risk. They didn't know what they were coming into, like a lot of the bands that cancelled, same sort of story. And they said, we've had no choice. And then uh, the festival put a post up saying, due to the late uh, announcement of FM pulling out, we've had to revise you know, what what ended up being sort of a shell of what the festival was. And I'd had a couple of beers on on Friday and I just, I wrote this like just overly emotional post, which is somewhere on, on, their, on their Facebook page, but it was something like, like, don't you dare blame or imply that, you know, F, this is FM's problem. This is not the band's problem. This is not the fan's problem. This is your problem. You've caused this. Like you didn't do your homework. You didn't do this properly. You didn't handle yourself properly. 
do not shift the blame or imply that it's anybody else's fault. FM, you know, pulling out the last minute is not not their problem. That's them trying to do the right thing and trying to make sure that hopefully at the last minute things work themselves out. But uh, yeah, and I just wrote this post and then oh, just and then I tried to walk away from it. It was just this like train wreck. It was me just getting you know had a few beers under the belt on Friday and just uh, yeah let loose. So. Uh, not not the worst post in the world that I've done, but uh, certainly not the best one. So it, it is what it is. But uh, the festival ended up uh, reducing from a three-day festival that was meant to be, uh, I believe, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, down to Saturday only. Um, and it moved to a different venue because the venue even cancelled um, because – I don't know what they weren't getting paid or maybe they lost confidence. And so they just issued refunds to everybody that purchased tickets directly from the venue. Um, and once again, the promoter didn't even acknowledge that the venue had canceled or sent these emails out to all the people, ticket holders saying that the, the festival has been canceled. And it was only later on after a lot of noise from the punters that finally they acknowledged that the venue <laughs> had canceled uh, and they're trying to find another venue. And, um, I think it ended up being at the Croxton Band Room, which is actually a pretty good venue. And they probably should have just done that from, from the beginning and just done a one-day festival, which what it ended up being. So it ended up being Saturday. Um, I think Reckless Love ended up um, headlining. And then um, who else was on the bill? Enough's Enough. Um, uh, one of the one of the ladies from Vixen, um, I can't remember the name, Janet someone. I've, I've only known a couple of Vixen songs. Um, Kip Winger was on there. Um and then uh, and there's a few there's a few Aussie bands that were still in there. A few Aussie bands pulled out as well. They just had no confidence whatsoever. I can't remember the, who ended up remaining. There wasn't many left. Um, but it's what it should have been in the first place. They should have done a very sort of not lukewarm, but they should have done a very safe version of the festival for their first year because I think people would have been so excited that this is the beginning of something great and they would have got behind it and travelled down for, for a Saturday you know, and book accommodation and make a party of it and be a part of the melodic rock festival that would no doubt up itself, up the ante in year two, year three, year four. And they should have just done that. But no, they went from zero to a hundred three day festival with all these acoustic sideshows and VIP packages. People paid like, I think for three days, it was like, it was way over $300. I think it was, I, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was, it wasn't overly expensive when you looked at the, the amount of bands playing and what was going on, but it was a lot of money. And then they had VIP packages, which were just really, really expensive. But it, you know, apparently they sold quite a few of them. So lots of people out of pocket, lots of people asking for refunds. And even as of tomorrow, the promoter saying uh, on Monday being tomorrow that they will start issuing refunds. And everyone's like, why are you issu issuing refunds? after the festival is meant to happen. And so people are very suspicious. Um, so there's a lot of money still up in the air. So it'll be interesting to watch. So um, by the time this comes out, um, go and check their Facebook page and and, and follow the show because, uh, oh, man, it's crazy. Oh, the other thing they were doing, they, was, they were deleting posts as well, um, which was just like the worst thing to do, like just, you know, removing people's posts of, you know, people venting and and carrying on. And it's just, oh, man, like everything, everything you could do wrong, you just did wrong. Um, so yeah, follow, follow that along. Um, that'll be, that'll be very interesting to see what comes of that. And the most frustrating thing about this is that it's just once again, another example of a bunch of fuckwits who are just making it really hard for Australians, Australian punters, um, the Australian music scene, uh, Australian booking agents, promoters, uh, venues, etc., trying to bring these amazing bands to this country and bands that already are potentially high risk because they never had the popularity that they 
have had or have in, say, either North America or uh, Europe or parts of Asia, um, Australia is really a tough place. And a lot of these bands have never had the chance to come out to Australia. So, you know, not only bands on their own being being a risk, but to load up a festival like that with so many bands like this is just so like, oh man, like whew, and not much of a risk assessment was uh, being undertaken with this festival. So it just sucks because the amount of press that this got, bad press, um, just makes it so much harder to convince bands in the future to come out. And there's going to be, in a way, the silver lining is that there's a lot more due diligence for promoters that they're going to have to demonstrate to convince people to come out here. And you just hope that bands uh, are not as, um, not as, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, they're not as trusting um, in future. Um, I don't think bands can afford to. And I think the reason why so many of these amazing bands got on the bill was due to the referral of the previous owner of Melodic Rockfest. So they had this reputation in the back of their head going, well, we can trust these guys. And they probably let their guards down a bit and promised things that they normally wouldn't promise or were allowed, yeah, whatever. So, um, and that's probably why it went the way that it did. Um, but man, like it just, it's very embarrassing, very embarrassing for Australian music to, to see this absolute fucking train wreck of, of a festival, you know, well, what wasn't even a festival in, in, in the end of it. Uh, so yeah, um, very interesting to see what happens. I think Kip Wing is still playing, um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday night, I believe in Sydney. Um, so I will play that one by ear and see what happens. I believe, well, actually, no, I won't say that because I don't actually, don't worry. Um, I Somebody mentioned something that may or may not be happening, but uh, I realized that was uh, with confidence. So uh, probably not best to say those types of things on a podcast. Keep forgetting that there's people that listen to this. So anyway, um, who knows? There's there's lots of things that could be happening um, still with uh, the aftermath of aftermath of what the uh, melodic rock fest has or is not or what it is or what it has been. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can see Kip Winger on Wednesday night in Sydney. Um, I think he's playing... Uh, at the factory floor. Uh, and um, that's a weird one, actually. So tickets are like 70 bucks to go and see him, which is not bad. Like I don't, uh, there's no issues. But um, originally the lineup was meant to have uh, Paul Lane, who was in Danger Danger for a while and um, has done a bunch of solo stuff um, previously, like you know, really popular singer in the AOR melodic rock world. And he was the first guy to actually pull out of the whole festival. And then it sort of went from there. But he was meant to be on the bill as well. And so uh, Kip Winger was doing uh, double bills with other artists from the festival in other cities. And when the secondary, the second artist pulled out, tickets got slashed to like 30 bucks, but Sydney's is still 70. So I don't know what's going on there. So I might have to keep an eye on that because uh, look, uh, it's not that I don't value Kip Winger. I mean, he's definitely worth $70, but you know, at the same time, if everywhere else has got discounted tickets and Sydney's not, and Sydney's had somebody in that lineup pull out, then what the fuck, you know, and it's, it's a weird one. So anyway, we'll see, but hopefully I get to see Kip Winger play. Um, last time he came out was 2007, I think with, uh, Winger and Rat, um, which was really, really good. Um, so it's been a while. So, um, hopefully I'll get to see that. So we'll see how that goes. Drama, 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 drama. Um, I was meant to go to Frankie's last week and, uh, well, it got to nine o'clock, um, when they usually start their, uh, the Frankie's house band. And, um, it's about, oh, I'd say it's about a 20 minute walk from, from my place to, to get over Frankie's. And, um, I thought I'll leave here about you know, a quarter to nine or something like that. And it got closer to nine and I was, I was just tired. I just, I was way too tired. I, and I, and I was, and then I got really upset with myself because I thought, man, like I should be 
hanging out with these great guys, these, you know, rock musicians and going to a rock club and, you know, you know, I, I, I play in a band sometimes as well, you know, and, and it was nine o'clock and I'm just going, man, I'm so tired. I do not want to go out. And I went to bed <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I might try again uh, next week. So I'm going to give it another shot. I'll see if I can go tomorrow night. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe I need to smash some caffeine or something like that as soon as I get home and just really get, get peaked up before I, before I go out. But, um, anyway, uh, I, I'm still, I still love the idea of going, I love the idea of going down on a Monday night and, uh, and, uh, sort of scheduling that into my week. But, um, I think this might take a little bit more, uh, a little bit more strength than I originally thought, because I'm so used to going to bed early, like an old man and getting up at four 30 in the morning. And, um, yeah, well, well, anyway, let's, uh, let's try that again. Um, what else is going on? Um, I've got a new, uh, Social, the social uh, newsletter, mail out. It's going to come out uh, this week, um, I think around the 12th, I think, maybe. Um, I actually haven't drafted that one or put it together yet. So there you go on the to-do list. So hopefully uh, later this week, you guys will get a another another little update uh, email from me. But um, really looking for feedback um, from the first one and obviously when the second one comes out. So if there's things that you think would be really good to include, let me know. Um, happy to uh, get your get your feedback and build something because it'd be cool to make it a little bit interactive and something that's actually exciting and interesting to open up. Um, I want it to sort of, you know, motivate people to actually want to open it up. So uh, yeah, uh, work in progress, but um, yeah, I'll have a few few things to to dump in there and share with everybody uh, later this week. I think it'll be a little bit shorter than the first one, um, but anyway, I don't know. I'm just thinking of on the fly here. So we'll see how we go. Um, now, um, I had last week and the week before I was talking about, um, doing things for me and, uh, doing giveaways and stuff like that. So, uh, the last couple of weeks I've been, uh, telling people get onto Apple podcasts or, um, onto Facebook, uh, on my Facebook page, uh, the, uh, Andy social podcast, Facebook page and leaving a review on either of those pages. And I would do a giveaway. Now I'm just checking, um, right at the last minute. Now I'll have a look and see whether, uh, far out. How do I access my own show on Apple podcasts? That's pretty bad, isn't it? Cause if I can't find it, then how the hell does anybody else? Uh, I'm just going to keep everybody strung along here. Let's see. Is it see all episodes? No. How do I get to the thing? Oh God. I think I have to go to search. So if anybody struggled with this, let's work this out together. So, uh, if you open up your Apple podcast app, you, you go to the search button, even though you already got the show in your library, you can't view the reviews or rate from what I can see. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but if you go to search, then you find any social podcast, then it comes up with the reviews. Um, and then I think if you click more, then, oh God, no, it shows every single episode. Oh, there you go. All 206 episodes are there. Um, shit. How do you, oh, this is not easy, is it? I've been telling everybody to do this for me and I can't even do it myself. Um, I've done this before. Oh, I know. Okay. Okay. So just go to your library, um, click on, click on the podcast and then scroll down. So you've got like, you know, previously pay, played episodes, see all episodes. And then further down, you've got your ratings. So, um, so it says, it says 37 ratings and no, nah, there's no new ones. So oh, fuck. Can someone go in there and give me a new review? Cause the last one that went in there was this moron from August last year who gave me a one star because he wasn't happy with the category that I selected for my podcast. Like some, someone with, 
I don't know, maybe someone slightly on the spectrum. I don't know. Anyway, they give me a one star and that's the main, that's the first review that pops up when you look at my thing. So can someone get in there and just get a few of you? Get out there and just drown this one out, like dump it into the into the depths of of these reviews because, oh man, that sucks. That fucking I can't even rem- you can't remove it. Of course, like why would you be able to? But um, I just have to keep getting reminded by this, this drop kick. Uh, so anyway, so there's no reviews on there. However, um, somebody left me a review on Facebook and. Um, well, he gets something. He wins. So uh, Adam from Brisbane, um, he did uh, the little recommendation thing. Um, and I'll quickly read it out because, you know, why not? I'll just bask in in uh, the glory of it all. Uh, Adam from Brisbane, review on the Andy Social Podcast. This one's a bit tough to read, Adam. Uh, apologies, but um, yeah, well, let's see how it go. Uh, Andy's podcast is thoroughly comprehensive, funny, and his knowledge about bands, gigs, really cool, heavy music is great. Everything, every word is capitalized. Like every, the beginning of every word is, is a capital letter. I don't understand this one, but... I'm not, I'm not going to be a grammar Nazi here, Adam. It's the thought that counts. So I'm going to focus on that. Anyway, continue. Uh, thanks to Andy, Larry. Hey, Larry, you get a, you get a thank you. Uh, the musicians, bands involved and a huge shout out to Utopia Records, um, Sydney, because I only found out about the podcast by following a link Utopia posted. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the cassette dubbing trading days from decades ago when I'd find out about cool music by sharing. Uh, so this would be, um, the last episode of the nod to the old school, uh, podcast that I put out with, uh, Paul Murphy of Utopia records. So that's, uh, so there you go. So thanks to Paul from Utopia for sharing this around, uh, continued, uh, do yourself a favor and tune in highly recommended the antisocial podcast, six, six, six out of 10, five stars. Keep up the good work, old mate, much respect, uh, Adam from Brisbane. And yeah. Okay. No, that's really good. That's, that's, that's really nice. So thanks Adam. Um, now, I'll send you a message because I haven't yet. Um, and you can pick t- between either the, uh, what tomorrow brings EP Lord EP that we put out. And there's only a few copies of that left. We only had a few pressed, um, physical copies. Um, or you can get the, uh, Dimebag tribute CD that was recorded. Um, for, what would it be? 14 years ago. Crazy. Um, and that's got the first ever Lord recording on there. Um, and it's uh, a cover of Pantera Shattered. And there's a bunch of, uh, it's a bit of a time capsule for Aussie metal on there. Most of the bands that are on that compilation no longer exist. So it's a nice little, uh, nice little portal into yesteryear of Australian metal. So, uh, so yeah, either one of those, um, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll have a chat and, uh, I'll get one of them out to you, but, um, massive thank you for that. It does help every time you leave one of these little recommendations, these reviews, whether it be, it doesn't have to be just on Facebook or Apple podcasts. It's basically anywhere you're able to leave a review helps because it just pumps it up. It gets it into these stupid algorithms and, and into news feeds and, and into the recommendations and things like that. And it just makes it easier and easier for people to find. And the more that people are talking about it, the more that people are inclined to go, Hey, I might just give this Andy guy a bit of a shot and listen to his podcast. So Adam really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, um, what I'll do for next week is I'm going to keep the, I'm going to keep this going because I need a bit of, I need a bit of power behind this podcast. I need more reviews. So I'm just going to keep this going for the time being. So, um, guys leave a review somewhere. Um, if you do, um, maybe send me a screenshot of it. Give me a little reminder. Cause just in case I miss it and I forget about it or whatever it might be, just, just do a little screenshot or give me a nudge and say, Hey, I've, I've left a review somewhere, wherever it is and, uh, share it with me because I'd like to just say thank you to begin with, but also, um, yeah, I'd love to be able to give back as well, um, as best I can. So, um, 
whatever Adam doesn't pick, I'll have that up for grabs next week. But I'll also have, um, I've got, I've got a book. I'm going to give away some books. Now this is not music related. Um, but I've got a, an extra copy of, um, Atomic Habits, um, which is a book by James Clear. And I just finished reading this, um, but I've got an additional brand new copy. Hasn't been read, hasn't been used. Uh, I'm going to give this one away to somebody that's interested. Um, have a look online just to see the book reviews, but it's really, really good. It's all, all talking about developing new habits, uh, and getting 1% better each day. Uh, very basic and in, in the concept and the strategy around it, um, and it's, um, it's, it's a big weight off your shoulders when you read this book, because you realize that in order to achieve anything in life, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred straight away. Um, it's all about incremental progress and doing just little tiny, little tiny things that seem so, so trivial, um, and effortless, effortless. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, each day that eventually over time you build up you know, towards whatever goal or whatever habit you're trying to create along the way. And it's just, it's a really, really good book. I cannot recommend this book enough. So I've got an extra copy. I'm going to give that away. Um, anyone in the world, I do not care where you're from. Um, I'm happy to post that out. Um, so that'd be up for grabs as well. So if there's a couple of you that leave a review, then we'll, you, we'll, we'll work that out. We'll duke it out who wants what. Um, but, uh, if it's just one of you, then you can, you can choose between the two items. And if there's more than two of you that leave reviews, then I'll, I'll do a little lucky dip and, and pick somebody out and, uh, we'll go from there. But, um, yeah, uh, I need a bit of, pe bit of people power <laughs> behind this, uh, and get a few more reviews because it does help. And, um, especially after the first few weeks of the podcast with all these guests coming out, um, I've like my, my numbers are pretty much doubled, um, what they were last year, um, uh, doing, doing the podcast. So, um, that's just incredible. Like for me, it's so, so good to see, um, pretty much double the amount of listeners tuning in and listening to these episodes. And it does help when you have guys from like, you know, in excess and white snake and, you know, these great comedians and, and musicians like James Norbert Avani and all these guys getting on and helping me sort of relaunch the podcast into 2020. It's been, been great. So that kind of helps. So, um, yeah, so I want to keep this going. I want to keep the momentum moving. And, um, and so a bit of, uh, strategic online, uh, uh, social media love or whatever it might be and reviews, et cetera, et cetera, ratings, uh, and all that sort of stuff does help get the podcast out to more people. So please, if you've got a couple of minutes, um, just, uh, even if you can just write it's good or whatever with, you know, five stars or not even five, just give me like three, give me four or something like that. Um, don't even have to put any effort into it. It's just, it's, it's a couple of clicks. So, um, whatever, I'll leave it with you guys, but, um, there's some stuff up for grabs for the people that do make the effort and I do appreciate it. So once again, thanks to Adam for, uh, for ho hooking that one up for me. Um, now speaking of guests coming up and I'm getting a few messages coming through at the moment. So I'm just trying to, uh, I'm trying to just make sure I don't miss anything here because there's some messages coming through on my, um, Facebook page. So I thought it might be quite good if I can timely, uh, acknowledge any of these. Um, oh, <laughs> actually I got a message from, uh, Andrew Shug. Andrew's been going hard on the messages with me, which is really good. So thanks Andrew. I mean, it's so good when people, uh, message me and acknowledge things from the podcast. Cause it, 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 like it really, really validates that people are listening to the podcast. So please continue to do this, Andrew and everybody else has been messaging me, but, um, Andrew's been uh, throwing throwing me some uh, some equipment uh, recommendations because I've been talking about upgrading my gear, uh, you know, um, with uh, for this year. So uh, he's given me some some tips and some ideas of some stuff. So I'm pretty uh, pretty fixed on um, getting some SM58s, but um, Andrew's giving me uh, a bit of a pitch here to get uh, the uh, Rodecaster Pro 
So I'll, I'm not going to rule it out. I'll, I have to go back and have a bit more of a look. But he's uh, he's written uh, and worth the investment now that you've moved up from the eco shopping bag. So eco, I think we mentioned that in the um, Daniel Towns uh, episode. So uh, thanks, Andrew. So I will look into that. I do promise. Um, we'll we'll see what happens there. I just saw a, a couple of messages pop up then from from him. Um, now speaking of uh, guests, uh, spoiler. So. Fast forward um, in a few minutes if uh, if you don't want to know who's coming up this week. But uh, this week I've got Mark Davis, who used to play for the Adelaide 36ers. He's a bit of an NBL basketball legend. Uh, don't know how many of you out there. Um, there's a few of you, few of you guys that are basketball fans. So no doubt um, you, you'll probably uh, know of Mark or have seen him play over the years. But um, I grew up loving basketball, as many of you know. Um, and growing up in Queensland, I used to go to a lot of Brisbane Bullet games and Mark Davis was one of the many uh, larger than life characters, these players that would come through and, and play against the Brisbane Bullets and just be, I'd be in awe of these people because they were just so rem- far removed from what I was used to growing up in in Queensland. And majority of my, my youth growing up was in rural Queensland, living in Katamala and Emerald and Rockhampton before moving back to Brisbane. And, um, so seeing these, these, these massive, like huge uh, players and a lot of these guys coming from the United States as well, it was just, it was another world. It was so fantastic and and exciting. So, and getting to meet some of these guys as a kid was just awe inspiring. And I've got like a little signature book lying around somewhere and some posters that were signed. I've got, still got them lying around. Uh, so Mark Davis was one of these guys. So when he come through town and, and play the, the, the Brisbane Bullets and he was playing for the Adelaide 36ers, it was really, really cool. So um, he is on a long, long list of NBL players that I want to get on the podcast over time. But, um, I was going to Adelaide earlier this year and I knocked out quite a few podcasts that will be drip fed out, um, over the, over the next couple of months. Um, but Mark was one of these guys. And so I had about three or four, um, big sort of in my world anyway, big historic, uh, Adelaide 36, uh, legends. Um, but, uh, n- and the other guys will eventually be on the podcast. I'm pretty confident, but uh, Mark was available, and we met at uh, a cafe in Glenelg, um, which was really, really nice. But oddly, like very weird, because when I met up with uh, Leroy Loggins from the Brisbane Bullets years ago, I think that was uh, episode 92, I think. Um, so you can go back and listen to that one. We met up at a food court, um, which is like in in the suburbs of Brisbane, like on a Sunday morning at like eight o'clock in the morning or something like that. It was really, really odd. It was just such a surreal weird experience but ultra cool like it was just uh, like the little kid in me would go who would think that you'd actually do this like um so it's the same sort of deal with mark davis and going to uh this little italian cafe and having a coffee and sitting down and having a chat to him um was just uh really odd and fun and surreal and just really it was such a good experience um one little disclaimer though is that there was so much background noise i was so swept up in the fact that i was there with mark davis and he wanted to sit in a particular spot uh, which i'm sure that if i gave him an alternative he would wouldn't have even hesitated but i was just like basically whatever you say like i was just so i was so sort of on edge and and just i just wanted to make it work i wanted i wanted him to be comfortable and happy and I was just going to go with whatever he said. And I just didn't even think about how much the noise could potentially impact this podcast. So there is a lot of background noise. I've flicked it off to TY. He's going to do some wizardry in the background and bring down some of the levels. I've listened back to the raw audio. Um, 
I think if you can get past probably the first maybe minute or two, then you tend not to pay as much attention to the background noise. And it's pretty clear. Like you can, you can hear us talk and it's not hard to hear us. It's just, there's a, there's a bit of, let's just call it ambience in the background. So, um, I think TY will do a pretty good job and it'll sound a lot better than the raw audio itself. But, um, yeah, just a bit of a disclaimer there, but, um, I think I, the lesson that I learned from that is, um, really being mindful and being in the moment and just being confident to go, Hey, absolutely. We can do it there, but, um, it might actually work better if we do it here instead and moving to a slightly quieter location. Um, which would have worked better. I should have just dictated it a little bit more in a gentle way, um, but I was just I was just so swept up in the moment. I was just so excited that it was it was Mark Davis and I was like, oh whatever. We'll, fingers crossed, this all works out later on. Uh, but yeah, incredibly cool guy, and I think I mentioned it in the podcast itself. But you know, these guys were just really intimidating characters. You know, these larger than life characters. I mean, larger than life. I mean, these are you know, six foot plus dudes from the US. You know, and just. You know, when I got to meet some of these guys as a kid, it was just so intimidating because I was such a short little fat kid and these, these giants around me. Um, but on the floor, there were these dominating characters and they had, they had these personas that they really pushed out there at the time, these storylines, these narratives, which are really cool that you find in sport. Um, and you know, Mark Davis's, uh, nickname was chairman of the boards because he's like this rebound King, um, just so, so good, you know, power forward in the paint, just always getting the ball, um, muscling out the, you know, the, the opposition, but you meet this guy and just the coolest cat, like so nice, so chilled, so humble and so gracious. And he was just so like, at least the way that he put himself out there is that he was just showing so much gratitude to me, uh, to meet up with him and have a chat. And he was just, he was just so happy. And I just, I, I couldn't, I was just feeding off it. I was just like, Oh, it's fantastic. And, and he, like, we, we spoke more about just catching up at some, some stage down the track next time I'm in Adelaide, he was going to try and hook me up with some of uh, his friends that, um, he was in the league with over the years. So, um, hopefully that opens a few more doors up and, um, and I actually like, I, I really like the guy, like I, I, it's sort of like, oh, I want to be friends with this guy. So, and the way that he, you know, anyway, I was, I was totally getting swept up in the moment and it was just, it was fantastic. And, um, and that was one of the cool things about this podcast where, um, it becomes, and there's been many people over the years where some people just go and you don't really get in contact with them again, or, you know, you, they don't really converse any further after the, the, the podcast has been done and put out there. Um, but others have, have stuck around and, and I've built some, some really good friendships with some of these people and I've met up with them at other occasions in, in my travels and it's just been, it's been really, really cool. So, um, hopefully Mark Davis is another guy, um, that, um, hopefully I'll, I'll have a bit more of a, a longer term sort of, uh, uh, relationship with, um, along with, um, a lot of other people that I've been able to fortunately meet from the podcast. And, um, yeah. And a few of you guys have been uh, going back and listening to some of the old episodes and you, and you keep, uh, telling me like, you keep promising that some of these guys are going to come back for a round two and, uh, haven't quite got there yet. So yes, maybe I, maybe I need to start doing that as well. Um, so yeah, Mark Davis is going to be this Thursday night. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think Cam Knight, Cam Knight might be the week after. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I can't remember exactly the order that I've got, but um, I think I recorded about six or seven podcasts in Adelaide um, and I haven't put any of them out yet. So Mark Davis is the first one and then the rest of them will be coming later on. So any of you people that I know that um, were uh, recorded for the podcast that may, might be listening into this um hang tight. Uh, it's, it, those episodes are going to come out soon. So, uh, I'm not, not neglecting you there. I'm not, haven't thrown them in the bin. They're, they, they're great chats and I'm looking forward to sharing them. Uh, it's just, uh, 
well, yeah, we, we hit the ground running and there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of episodes. It was a good problem to have, uh, way too much of a backlog. So, uh, I've even slowed down the amount of recording. I think I mentioned that in a previous episode anyway. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, I wrote down, what else did I write down here? Uh, let's have a look, just a quick look here. Um, nah, that's enough. That, that's more than enough. Uh, so, um, just a bit of housekeeping before we wrap up. I mentioned before the giveaways. So I'm going to uh, give away uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, that book, um, and also either the Dimebag Tribute CD or What Tomorrow Brings. Actually, I just might have – I've got an extra copy of both, so whatever. They're, they're all up for grabs. Um, just depends on how many of you guys leave a review somewhere and let me know. Then we'll 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 divvy out those gifts next, uh, next episode, next Crazy Talk episode. Um, you can support by doing a bit of social media love um, on all the platforms. Uh, Twitter's really good. That, that's that been uh, pumping quite a bit or popping or whatever the word is um, over the last uh, 12 months or so. I, I use that quite a bit, actually, and um, it's been really good networking tool to build um, relationships with other people in the industry or other people I find interesting, and I've actually been able to get a lot of podcasts happening out of Twitter. So if you're on Twitter um, and you're connected with me or not yet, uh, get connected, and um, if you can retweet or like any of those posts or comment on any of them. Um, that's, that's massive. Uh, same with Facebook, the usual stuff, tagging, liking, sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Instagram's good as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, any of that kind of stuff can, can go a long way. You can donate to the podcast by going to paypal.me slash Andy Dowling official. Um, it's also on the Andy, so Andy social.net website as well. You can just click on the button there, but, um, that's a great way to support the podcast and build some funds for me to, um, yeah, upgrade some of this gear that we've been talking about as well and uh, do do a few more things. So I've got lots of ideas. Um, it's just a case of slowly building up the funds and slowly replacing things or adding things and and we'll, we'll get there. So we're playing the long game here. So uh, lots of stuff happening there. Um, so you can donate there. Uh, AndyDowling.net is the best place to go if you just want to learn about me. All the social media handles are there. Um, I'm pretty much on every. Every, almost all the platforms, uh, all the podcasts are there. So Andy social, you can go back and have a, have a listen to the, uh, first two seasons of self-starter, uh, nod to the old schools there, that 10 part series. And that's still going really well. That keeps, um, they, the episodes must be popping up in different places on the internet because, uh, I'm seeing these spikes here and there at really random times. So, the gift that keeps on giving. So that's good. Um, and also if you want to check out our band Lord, of course, um, you, you can click through at andydaling.net, but you can also just go to lord.net.au. Um, use the code Andy social. You get 15% off anything, uh, on the Dominus Records store. Um, but in particular Lord as well. So, um, there's a little, little discount for you fellas and ladies and peoples. Uh, so, uh, there you go. Uh, that's enough. I think it's enough. Uh, okay. So yeah, Mark Davis this Thursday and there'll be, a new social newsletter going out later this week as well and um, yeah thanks for listening alright catch you later bye Larry Larry please <laughs>